service where service is their specialty proud sponsor of this morning with stacy brotzel and daryl mcintyre on 6 30 chat 606 here on this morning with stacy and daryl stacy's uh, off today she'll be back on monday uh, morning scott is back in with us and good timing you were actually off this week but as you said uh it became a bit of a work day for you yesterday because you did pop down to the news conference regarding the edmonton elks and the potential uh, to move away for community ownership mm-hmm. and we have gone we talked a little bit about this back earlier in the year uh, you know how long can you sustain losses with a community-owned team who's going to come up with the cash if you end up running into trouble so we've known this was in the background were you surprised to hear about the committee being struck to look into the possibility of bringing in new ownership? A, a little bit how it came so quick, how it's come so quickly and how mm-hmm. they're going to look for it now. But Rick Lollisher did explain uh, uh, yesterday that they're trying to get in front of this yeah. more than anything else, right? So they want they don't want to be like the Montreal Alouettes were a couple of years ago when they just say, okay, we're out of money and give the keys to the CFL and say we're out of here. They, yeah. they don't want to do that. They don't want to, and they're not close to that situation right now. But he didn't, he said, that's why we're getting in front of it now we want to and, and don't forget they may decide not to go with with yep. a, a private ownership I, I think that's probably going to be the way they're going to end up going manager sounded like it with yeah. some of the conversations we heard and there's already been people interested too yeah. so uh, see, basically uh, you can't keep going the way you're going Lawlisher was talking yesterday about needing stability and needing some options we're not going to prejudge what the options are but there's a number of them with the committee working very diligently and very quickly they're all committed to it and uh, we found that um, you know clearly there's a history of uh, we've spent a lot of money on the trust fund over the last number of years and uh, it's benefited very much so but going forward uh, we are going to need a capital uh, investment on the club going forward because it's going to take a couple years to get out of these losses that we've been accumulating on an annual basis. Yeah, and so does that mean... Like, is, this is the only community-owned team in the league, isn't it? There's two others, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's obviously been part of the uh, of the green and gold history. 75 years, right? Yeah. Now, this next year is going to be their 75th anniversary season, and it's been a community-owned team since its inception. And he talked about, you know, it's a, it, this is a revenue issue. This is a cash issue more than anything else because, you know, they've had they've had to lay off some staff over the last mm-hmm. few weeks yeah. since the season ended. Uh, they slashed budgets, football ops budgets, uh, business ops budgets, marketing budgets. They had to slash those because, because of the financial situation they're in. So uh, it's a cash situation. They need someone who will come in and give them an influx of cash yeah. and and help the team get over the hump. And they're in no danger of, you know, throwing the keys away right now. Yeah. Right? Uh, they said they're fine for 2024. And Lalasher even said yesterday that season seat sales are going well, uh, both renewal and new season seat holders. They've got to they've got to get the fan base back on board. They've got to get the, the community advertisers back on board, and they've got to start making some money in those areas. Yeah, and they do have this trust fund that they can rely on, but you know, in some yeah. ways, you've got to be careful, and uh, that's what he was talking about yesterday. It'll be, um, we've dipped in about $4 million this year. 
the uh, and it's been dipped into well, since COVID. So um, the the trust fund at the end of this year will be about seven million dollars, and but we also have liabilities. There's there's no one on this board, special committee, or me that's going to leave this city unpaid bills. So we're going to make sure that everything is is paid. So um, the you know the the investment side. I think to the question that you give to Tom, uh, it's more important to whether it's a group, an individual, or whoever that they're prepared to make an investment in the club versus what they're prepared to pay for. The uh, it's more important that way to me, and it just was the same in BC and the same in Montreal. Yeah, so it's nice to have a little bit of a buffer, but like you yeah. said, there's already some liabilities yeah, you, you, you got to be aware of. You're talking about the trust fund, right? Uh, they've dipped into it to, they've lost about $12 million over the last three or four years, yeah. right? Uh, they're going to lose between three and $4 million this year. So uh, when it's all said and done, going into next year, they're going to have $7 million left. They used to call it the rainy day fund, but mm-hmm. man, it's been raining a it's lot. It's been raining, It's yeah. been really raining around here. It's been here. a little floody. Uh, and again, you mentioned uh, that Rick Lawler said that some tickets were looking a little bit better. Uh, the Tom that uh, Lawlisher mentioned in that last comment, of course, Tom Richards, who's uh, uh, on the board, chair of the board, and he was also talking about the forecast for 2024. And they do, if you're going to explore this world, you've got to have an idea of what the path looks like. It's hard to, hard to speculate on that as to what, what happens. if I mean, if we go 18 and 0, I, I don't think that we have much of a problem. If we fill the stands, if we sell out all of our uh, partnerships, it's a different story. If we get another severe COVID, that's a other end of the story, right? So we don't know. There's still lots of unknowns in this business. So we're here. We know we can get through 24, but barring COVID or nobody showing up in the stands and nobody wanting to, to partner with us. So it's it's difficult to, to forecast for yeah. you. You got to look at the worst and best case scenarios. Yeah. We're not going to go eighteen and zero next year, but we're also—I don't think we're getting into another pandemic situation. So we're somewhere yeah. in the middle. And they're also not going to lose every home game moving no. forward, like they've done, you know, until they broke the streak this year. So, well, we hope yeah, not. It, you know, it's been the perfect storm, and that's what's caused these problems. You know, it was COVID, which you know every business in the world lost money during COVID. A lot of it. Um, some could operate partially. The Elks, all they had during COVID, and other CFL teams, all they had were expenses because they. They couldn't sell advertising. They couldn't sell tickets. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they didn't yeah. get rights fees, whatever. So COVID, the name change still has hurt a lot of people, and still people are complaining about it. And uh, and the team on the field, right? It's it's Absolutely. all these it's these things coming together have created this this bad storm that the Elks are trying to weather right now. And then they started talking about maybe another issue too. Is Commonwealth Stadium has been an extraordinary place to, to play, to go and watch, just because if you get fifty. 55 to 60,000 people or whatever uh, the mm-hmm. total full capacity is. That's that's a rocking joint. But it's a different stadium than all the rest of them in, in the CFL right now. And, you know, it's been around since since 78. So, Lawlisher, yeah, I was talking yesterday about concerns about the stadium. Maybe it's time to make some changes. We need some 
very high investment into the stadium if the stadium's going to go forward as a CFL stadium. You know, it's been the love of the CFL for a lot of years. It's had a lot of events here, uh, but it's not the stadium of the future that you see that we have in, in uh, Regina and Winnipeg and Hamilton and Ottawa and the, the going forward. So it needs a pretty big investment. And I know the city's been looking at it, the, but it's just, it's too big for today's environment of uh, the CFL and the type of seats that you can sell. See, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused about what kind of investment in that stadium. Because to me, the biggest problem with Commonwealth is that it has the track, yep. that you're a long way away from the field. Uh, and, and and both guys talked about there's, it's a lower slope on, on, on the seats too. So people are still getting yep. farther and farther away yep. from it's, the field. Those are the biggest issue is the slant of the seats, I think, yep. and the track more than anything else. The track, take the track out and it just brings everybody so much closer. But you, how do you renovate that? You can't take all those, all those and move them closer. No. To the no, field. The, the one, the only, the one thing you can do is, if you take the track out, you can move the field close to one side, right? Yeah. And then maybe set up some some party zones at, at, at field level on the other side. Just block off the other half of the stadium. Yeah, and basically, you wouldn't and be just... able to sell those those the first few rows of seats because they just been it'd be just be too tough. You could put, you right? could set up sort of new. Ble- it would be a weird hybrid. It would mm-hmm. be a, it'd be a weird misfit toy. Yeah, <laughs> in it, order to do that, it would. You know, like like let's be honest, and I, this is probably a long way away, but the best thing would be a new stadium. And a new stadium, like, when you look at the new stadiums that the league has welcomed in the last, you know, 10 years, Ottawa, Hamilton, um, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg, yeah. they're all that Twenty-eight to thirty-five thousand dollar model, where you're right on top. You got a little semi-roof to keep the noise in, and they're perfect. They're, like, they're perfect CFL stadiums. Yeah, they're purpose-built. What we have here is a perfect 1980s CFL stadium. Uh, when they sold a lot of tickets, they don't sell a lot of tickets anymore, and the atmosphere is not the same. That's why they're trying to change it by shutting down the upper deck next year and bringing everybody down into the lower deck. So they have to make some changes to the Commonwealth, and then it's like, who pays for that? Yeah. Well, see, that's the other thing. Uh, we- we just finished going through, well, it seems like yesterday, but it's been a few years now. We went through the whole thing with the downtown arena. Mm-hmm. Commonwealth Stadium is still a great stadium. Yep. Like, the, it's not McMahon. It's a great stadium. <laughs> it's no, not McMahon it's Stadium McMahon's or something like that. It's a piece of junk, right? Yeah, so it's, it's a piece it's, of... You know, it's a great stadium for Garth Brooks. It's a great stadium for uh, a one-off soccer game. It's a great stadium for uh, the big, Taylor uh, Swift. The big air snowboard you know, thing yeah. that's coming in. But uh, it's not a, a CFL stadium anymore. It's but, not the prototypical CFL stadium anymore because... It's too big, it's cavernous, uh, and it just it's just not what it could be. Money's tight, though, and so yeah. that maybe maybe it all hinges on what the ownership looks like. But yeah. honest to goodness, I don't think, you know, CFL, I think you can make some money in the CFL, mm-hmm. absolutely. Is it going to be enough money to justify putting hundreds of millions of dollars as a new owner on their own? Yep. No. I don't yeah. think so. No, you're not you going to have. You're to not have... making a ton of money no. if if much. You you want to break even and make a little bit of money. And everyone points to the the, the perfect owner kind of right now is Amar Dolman in Vancouver, and Rick Lelisher knows him and was part of the process of bringing him in in Vancouver when he was the president there. And that's the kind of guy you need. The kind of guy who loves football, who loves Edmonton football, who loves the CFL, and wants to keep the team basically mm-hmm. the way it is now, but wants to help fund it. And yeah. if there's profits, he'll get them. If there's not he'll live with it and those guys aren't easy to find no although rick said yesterday he's been approached by three or four groups already mm-hmm. uh and expects now that 
the news is out that more will come. And that's what this committee is supposed to yeah. do, is, is to explore possibilities, maybe have informal conversations, maybe they... Yeah. Do we see... And not, not just that, though. They're, the committee's put together to, to decide to, or to recommend, if they need to go that way, yes. or if there's a way they can keep it community-owned and 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 save it that way. I don't know if that's possible or not, but they're going to be discussing everything. Uh, okay, look, this sounds like a call to action, but it just came to my mind that the only way, in my opinion, the, this stays community-owned is if the seats get filled and it becomes profitable and they can start adding to the yep. trust fund again as yep. opposed to dipping into it. That's the only way it stays community-owned if the community stays. And that's not that's not a, that's not a threat. That's not, you know. You're absolutely right. It, but that's the only way it goes. And So the only other option at that point is private ownership. And you know where it starts to get those seats filled again? Winning. Winning. Yeah. Winning solves, again, I've said it many times, winning solves everything in pro sports, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's that's pr- that's the pressure on the football team. Yeah. That's the pressure on Chris Jones and his guys. they got to start winning football games to help the business side out and to help the long-term future yeah. of the franchise. Okay, we got to take a break here. This is going to be a long conversation that continues uh, through the over the winter and especially as we get rolling on a new CFL season in 2024. Take a quick break at 618 here on 630 Jet. This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chen is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Uh, we pretty much wrapped up for now the, the conversation on the Elks and the possibility of, uh, of a change and getting some private ownership. Look, I want one more just from Rick Lawlisher, and this is in reference to whether or not local ownership matters. No, I prefer local, and they are, there's both. Uh, there's a couple of them. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but there's a couple of them that I talked to about buying the Lions back three years ago. So we'll see. I think we'll all, we'd all prefer local. Uh, that makes the most sense. And uh, we've seen that again in Vancouver and Montreal, where local ownership has, has uh been a, a great factor in, in reinvigorating the club. Yeah, and then you hope you hope for the Montreal model where they went from from uh, the laughing stock of the league mm-hmm. to being great cup champions. So anyway, just wanted to finish that off on that one. On some other issues, of course, it's Thanksgiving in the excited states of America. It was yesterday. Now it's Black Friday. It's holiday time. I mean, the whole bunch of blockbuster brand new movies came out early for the holiday. Here's Couch Potatoes. No, I prefer local, and they are. There's both. Oops. No, uh, Rick there's a couple of potato. <laughs> but Brett McGarry is. I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes. Five new movies out this week. Three of them debuted midweek ahead of U.S. Thanksgiving, starting with the latest musical comedy cartoon from Disney. It's called Wish, and it looks fun, but is getting ho hum reviews. Last night, I made a wish on a star. And the star answered. The star with such power, I can do anything. I have to stop him. Next up, director Ridley Scott teams up again with Joaquin Phoenix in Napoleon. This vermin has routed Europe. You want to be great? I'm not built like other men. But I will win by fire. Phoenix, of course, was in Ridley Scott's Gladiator some 20-plus years ago, playing an egomaniac ruler. And here he is again in Napoleon, playing the iconic French emperor. It's getting okay reviews. Next on the list, a weird-looking movie called Saltburn. I gave you what you wanted! 
don't think I'll ever go home again. These next two movies open this weekend, including one that's only in theaters for a limited time before debuting on Netflix on December 8th. It's about cyber attacks that could shake up the whole world and stars Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, and Kevin Bacon. It's called Leave the World Behind. We are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country. The truth is much scarier. What is the truth? And finally, we've got Nicolas Cage starring in Dream Scenario. Have you been dreaming about me? Cage plays a regular Joe whose life is turned upside down when millions of people suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. He becomes an overnight star, but maybe that's not such a good thing. This movie is getting great reviews. I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes.